0: Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: The European season is officially back. Serie A and La Liga join the rest of the top five leagues in returning to action this weekend. And that means more games for us to binge on. And I'm joined by my man James Bench to look ahead to the biggest matchups as two London Giants Collide on Sunday. Two former England internationals square off. Milan kick off their title defense. And Barcelona, well, they're just trying to register some players for their new arrivals. Lasso begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to lasso Thank you so much for being part of the family. YouTube.com forward slash Kegolazo. lasso pod on Twitter. Thank you again for all the support. We continue to grow. And a main reason for that is uh, the good people like this person right here. James Bench, how are you, brother?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm struggling today. Um, it's What's like wrong? 30 what is it? Oh um, it's hot. I don't know what it is in Barcelona. Okay, it's like 33 degrees here. It's killing yeah. me. Oh we got God. first like full water breaks in the Premier League this weekend. It's quite exciting. <laughs> I That's mean what I'm most excited for. <laughs>
1: you need to do a, an article on this james i want to know I how i was i was taken down well stay cool stay refrigerated stay uh calm i know a lot of people are thinking you know I've are you a friend oh nice wait show me that again that looks like a megaphone
2: it's like a little camping fan oh my god james we'll
1: <laughs> you went all out see what people don't understand in england like these houses and the communities they're not built for this weather man it's no. it's, it's tough it's tough yeah. tough
2: you won't find AC like anywhere in this, any private residence because, it, I mean, up till about five years ago, it was the sort of thing you'd use once every three years. Uh, and now um, the climate emergency uh, means that we have a future as a Mediterranean country that we are absolutely not prepared for. But yeah, uh, maybe absolutely. one day we'll like hit the right balance. And Yeah. 20 years from now, uh,
1: Scandinavian countries will be like, let's go to London for our summer vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely right. Well, stay cool, my friend. And uh, yeah, uh, good note there. Let's keep track to see how those Premier League players are doing. And actually, the entire English league does this weekend. But yes, it's scorching here in Barcelona as well. And the summer continues. And so there's the weekend preview, baby. Uh, James mentioned yours truly. We'll talk about some matches. We'll begin with the Premier League, take a little break. We'll do some Serie A, La Liga, some final thoughts from James and myself. And then that will be it. Let's begin in the Premier League. James Bench, a big London derby. Of course, Chelsea, who got a one nothing win over Everton in the opening weekend. And Tottenham, who got a 4-1 win over Southampton. A nice London derby. Antonio Conte against Thomas Tuchel. Chelsea should feel good, James Bench, since losing consecutive Premier League games against Tottenham in 2018. The Blues are now unbeaten in seven games against their London rivals, conceding only one goal in that run. But something tells me, Bench, that this could be a different scenario. I don't know. I have a lot of belief in Antonio Conte's side. Talk to me about this game. What are you thinking?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really fascinating, isn't it? It feels like probably the first big game that we've seen across the whole of Europe in the 22-23 the season, first big league game. Um And therefore, kind of feels like it's, we're coming into this with a lot of unknowns. I feel like, especially with these two teams, I think there's a view that maybe Tottenham because of their summer business and especially because of the progress they made under Antonio Conte in the last few weeks of last season they might just have leapfrogged Chelsea there's there's a little bit of stability there on and off the pitch you know I can tell you broadly I mean to be fair I can tell you what Chelsea's lineup will be I just don't kind of know that it's what it was and that every player is as effective as they were whereas Tottenham are probably going to be getting to the stage quite soon where they've got a really settled 11 they've got plenty of, of options off the bench. Um and in that kind of 4-1 thrashing of of Southampton, what was obviously so encouraging for Spurs fans was that they did that without Harry Kane or Hume Son scoring. I think Son got one assist, didn't he? And uh, but the rest sort of uh Césignan, players like that really coming to the fore and it this yeah, seems like made a squad mistake that's of
1: captaining Hume Son this past weekend as well. <laughs> I know that I know that you did one well fantasy. So I'm hoping my like, I'm leading the way, boys. I, I know, am I know, the way. I know, it's amazing. But keep going, my friend. Uh, yeah, I, I think that identity is the big factor here, right? Like Tottenham know who they are under Antonio Conte. And Jimmy Conrad, our friend, always says, who doesn't really know his best 11 from one day to the other. Do you think that's changing a little bit more but, with the German manager? Yeah. Well, I think what's quite interesting is
2: I, I would... Maybe agree. And especially now that we are seeing this this great big turnover at Chelsea, mm. I'm intrigued what they're going to do with someone like Marco Correa. I mm. think he's probably going to be the left of the back three um, and also the, a player that can rotate with Chilwell at left wing back. But anyway, that's kind of by the by. Because I think what we saw on that opening weekend was like quite a typical Chelsea performance where they didn't give up many goals. They got that Jorginho penalty. (laughs) I mean, this is sort of like Chelsea of Tucor's first six months all over, very tight at the back, maybe not the most expansive, but they got the job done.
1: Yeah.
2: And I think, you know, this is why, as much as I'm excited, you know, excited to be at Stamford Bridge on Sunday, I do think this might be quite a cagey, frustrating uh, game. I mean, we've just got the, the over under there. I would certainly be looking at under two and a half goals. Spurs, we know when they play the big teams, what they like to do. Under Conte, like they did with Chelsea, like they did with Liverpool, with soak up pressure, use that back five, and spring into life through Kane and Son and Kuliszewski. Chelsea though are, are not going to be are not a team that leaves the back door open. You know they are not a team that is going to overcommit numbers in attack. They'll have those three centre backs. They've got wing backs that can cover the depth. So I think this is going to be cagey and tight and difficult and edgy. Um, But equally, like you say, I think there is something about Chelsea and Tottenham and we all know even before this good, this recent good run, you know, this whole century pretty much is is what we've had so far. Chelsea have dominated against Tottenham and I I think maybe even that psychological edge at Stamford Bridge could be quite a big factor actually.
1: Yeah, uh, back in January... When they played each other, I believe it was uh, the first leg of their League Cup semi-final as well. You know, Antonio Conte's kind of first tater. He was saying, you know, if you compare it to our team now, there is no comparison. We've seen the difference between the two teams. I know the situation is very clear. There is an important gap. I feel the gap is definitely much smaller due to the arrivals. Uh, you know, we were talking about Isbi Suma, of course, Perisic, and Kulusevski, I think, is going to have a, a great season as well. If you're thinking about a player in particular and what do you want to see, uh, I know that you mentioned Kukureya. Is there anybody from either side, really, that you're paying extra close attention to uh, for this game?
2: Is it really boring to say Son? It probably is, isn't it's it?
1: Not, it's not boring. Well, it's, uh, he's my pick on so many reasons. We're going to give him more love, I think. I, Human son is oh. amazing.
2: I, well, I I think we're almost... <laughs> No we're not going to get to he is so good that we, luckily he can't become a sort of Lee Carsley regularly rate <laughs> like described like, as yeah 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 underrated and then becomes <laughs> a little bit overrated but no I, I mean chance. I think he's he's kind of getting his his dues now but obviously you know I think for me he feels like the x factor across the whole front six mm. because he's the the superstar finisher I think that's the the difference I have between these two teams is if if this is a, a tight game where someone has to convert their half chances, you know, and you're saying you want the ball to fall to someone, it's Son first, it's Kane second. Then it's sort of Sterling, but the gap is quite significant. I think that is kind of where my issues are around this Chelsea team. Havertz had a really poor first game of the season. Mount was quite disappointing as well. Um, but I, I mean, that it, it, it feels like it's lacking a killer edge. I, I, I really like Sterling. I think his weaknesses in front of goal or his deficiencies in front of goal are often just when you take as many shots and get in as many good positions as he does, you're going to have a few misses in that, in that resume. But even then, you know, they have one good good shots, shot taker who gets into good positions in the area in Sterling. Like Spurs have more Spurs have a bit more attacking weaponry, attacking thrust. And I think it's very early days, but you know, I really like Ryan Sessignon as well. And I think actually, he could be someone that adds yet another he's he's a perfect Antonio Conte fullback reminds me of some some of what Marcus Alonso did with late runs into the box I remember the first time Fulham got promoted and he was you know he he had the shot profile of Pippo Inzaghi I really Mm. like Cessignon. I think he'll suit he'll suit Conte well so that's where I'm at I think that if we're talking about a game that's sort of 10 shots to eight shots or or seven to six I just trust that, that Spurs will get them to the right players and those players will convert. Um, And maybe that's something. I mean, we know Chelsea are looking at Bamiang. We know Chelsea are, are looking to strengthen their front line. That's maybe something they need to prioritise yeah. and, and will be regretting not having this weekend.
1: Yeah, especially since Timo Werner back to RB Leipzig, of
2: course. I'm well, thing. no, I think that's the best bit, isn't it? it at the least the you know that that he's that,
1: gone and that's if it, it, if you don't have to worry is, about
2: it. Right, right. If a chance <laughs> is falling to anyone, at least you know it's not Timo I hate saying that. I loved it. I I thought he was uh, like people that get as many shots as he does. Like you know, analytics nerds will tell you this is the most valuable thing you can do is get shots. Sometimes
1: things just don't work out, James. I just, it just, it just wasn't a relationship to be made. And speaking of that, by the way, very quickly, I wanted your take on this because obviously, you know, it's a hot top, hot top, a hot topic to discuss regarding the Chelsea. Situation. Tuchel's relationship with Christian Pulisic seems that, you know, we've known for a while he doesn't quote-unquote trust him or whatever, trust him to be a regular starter. I don't know what you want to make of. But what do you make of the situation there, Christian Pulisic uh, and his future, I guess, uh,
2: with the London side? Well, so, I mean, I think the thing we've got to remember is the Champions League games last season, both cup finals. Did Pulisic start both cup finals? You know, Tuchel yeah, one was he was injured, him. but he's turning oh. the
1: other one, yeah.
2: I remember speaking to, to Tuchel about this last season, and I think, you know, he trusts he he trusts the player, but I think his assessment of, of Pulisic is probably one we'd all share, which is he's not in the three best forwards that Chelsea have. And so, you know, I think however you really want to construct it, I think the most convincing role for him is something like first or second reserve forward. If he's happy with that, and like, kind of by all accounts, he's he's not unhappy with that. I think the that, only that's
1: a- the only caveat is something that Jimmy and I were talking about in the recap last night is that it's a World Cup year, and he needs minutes. So if if his minutes are reducing rather than going the other way around, and somebody like apparently, according to the Athletic, Newcastle are kind of you know keeping their eye and stuff, is there a do you think a chance that the American could, before the end of the transfer window, say, you know, thank you for for my introduction to the Premier League, but I need minutes, man, because the
2: World Cup's coming up. Yeah, Newcastle's an interesting one. I feel like the minutes are there, though. They're just kind of maybe not in the big Premier League games. It's Mm. EFL Cup, Champions League, Mm. coming off the bench. And also, remember, that's remember five subs here. Mm. I wonder, though... You know, let's say an Abamian comes in one more forward, that does push him down to fifth. I think for the right move, I can see the I can see the logic. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a relationship anyone wants to end. And let's not forget, from Chelsea's perspective, they've let Lukaku go, they've let Werner go, and so far, those as as a pair, they've been replaced by um, Sterling. Hmm. Ziyech is very, very keen to move on. He's he's kind of pushing for for AC Milan, perhaps even more than AC Milan are pushing for him. So you do need players, and I think it's it that's the fiddly things. So I think if you, I mean, to your point,
1: if Young comes in and you know reports that maybe it's not it's not impossible that Frankie the Young does maybe make a move to Chelsea, then you're creating a little bit of a substantial squad. All I know is this, because obviously. Pulisic needs to play. He wants to play, and if if, if an opportunity arises where a club in the Premier League he doesn't have to leave the league are interested, I would think that he would probably seriously consider it. Uh, you know, regarding the the situation with the World Cup, so we'll, we'll we'll have to see about that. But you know, it's it's interesting. On the other side of it, though, Richarlison coming back and stuff, Harry Kane, Human Son, Kulosevsky, Give me your prediction for this game. Obviously, historically recent history as a heavily favored Chelsea. Where are you going?
2: I'm going 1-0 Spurs. Um, I don't know if maybe this is like kind of when I went through the whole uh, summer of the world cut of the Euros predicting mm. that England would lose every game. And maybe I'm <laughs> trying don't. to repeat this. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think in the end that just Tottenham just look. They look,
1: good man. They, they look, look good. good, man. they look Sp- good, man. I said
2: it was only Southampton. And I think we also have to say when we say that Spurs look good in that opening week, God, Southampton looks so bad. <laughs> yeah. At some I know. stage we need to talk about them. But yeah.
1: They look good though, man. And I'm with you. I'm going with a one-nothing win as well. I just feel the rhythm of the game, Chelsea, a lot of possession. And to your point, Tottenham are just gonna hit them on that counter. And boy, do they have the tools to do it. So it'll be tight. It'll be interesting. I'm giving it one-nothing to Tottenham as well. We We'll see. All right, let's move on. Oh, Desnaris, why do you annoy me like this? You know, he was telling me, James, we need to have a game where, you know, there's a crisis or maybe created crisis. And I'm like, (laughs) stop it right now. And he's given me, of course, Aston Villa against Everton. Uh, The question for so many years for England fans was, uh, do you play them together, Frank Lampard or Steven Gerrard? Well, now they're against each other, of course, as Frank Lampard's Everton uh, losing 1 nothing to the aforementioned Chelsea faces. Aston Villa at home at Villa Park, who were just embarrassed by Bournemouth last week. And uh, the conversation in the fountain of uh, knowledgeable fan base conundrum conversations on Twitter from Aston Villa has been tense, 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 of course. They want to see a result, but Everton equally, you know, they want to get things going. Some recent signings. James Bench, talk to me. Stevie G against Super Frank. Aston Villa, Everton, the oldest fixture in English football, one of them, definitely in the Premier League. It's
2: got to be up talk, there, talk, isn't it? Yeah, talk to me. So, I mean, I think we're really talking about Villa here, let's be honest, aren't we? This is yeah. what we're interested in because I, th- I feel like Everton, the story for now is quite quick. I like the business they've done this week. Connor Cody seems like they're going to commit to very that good purchase, which I don't necessarily think Lampard was planning, even at the start of pre season.
1: Good purchase nonetheless, though.
2: Yeah. Well, I think you do. You're going to have to play a back three. Although, I mean, I've seen him for England in a back four. And I mean, he's just, (laughs) it's what he's good at. What about the Belgian
1: kid, though? The Belgian kid's a good hero. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I I know, I know Jonathan Johnson thinks very highly of him, rates him very highly. Please
1: tell me that Everton fans are going to do the Rihanna song for him, right?
2: Oh, God, they've got to. Please. (laughs) And also, just the first time they've signed like a midfielder in so long that you're like, okay, he actually does midfielder things and he's not like, post massively post-prime. Like, right. they're not signing 29-year-old Decore or 29-year-old Sigurdsson or whoever.
1: Well, well they're about to maybe sign Idrissa Gueye once again. So that, that's a... Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no,
2: They can't help themselves, <laughs> right. can they?
1: But to your point, you're correct, though. You know, Everton, we know the package. It says what it says on the tin. They've got some new arrivals. Uh, striker-wise, it's an issue. Uh, DCL still unavailable. I believe Solomon Rondon returns from suspension, but that's really, that's about it. Dele Alley, etc. This is about Villa. Uh, a Villa that looked awful in the opening weekend, hoping that things change. I mean, I said about Thomas Tuchel not knowing his first 11, Steven Jared 1000% doesn't know it. So how do you see this game? Villa Park will be very loud. Uh, Villa fans, make sure that you show up early because of uh, train uh, strikes, etc. And what do you make of this game then? Talk to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I hate Villa. asking James Bench against the Villa because I know that it's coming come on bring well, with,
2: it. I, 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 what are we looking at with I think the thing is where do we think Villa realistically are you, you look at the Premier League results since he's took took over 10 wins five draws 13 defeats 38 goals for 36 against expected goals again they're kind of batting on around mid table And I think there's the 36 expected goals for, 38 against. It's, uh, and it's very. uh, But and I think everyone involved in the club knows that uh, isn't good enough.
1: Nowhere near. Definitely not from the ownership. Definitely not from the business that we've created. I mean, we've. I mean, you know, off on paper, the business that has been introduced to Villa is fantastic and okay. am
2: i right in thinking that this week as well the uh, the owners is it um they've put in another 30 million pounds Correct,
1: they've injected directly some more money. into the club yep douglas I mean, this... is close to uh signing a new contract so things are good off the field it's, it's just about understanding like what is this going to look on the field and listen the LeFans just want to a team that plays well. Whether we win or lose is a different story. And what happened against Bournemouth was unidentifiable. It was, it was at least in terms of grit. I mean, to your point, statistically speaking, I think Jair is still trying to figure it out, but we didn't see a Villa side that really fought for anything. It felt like a preseason match for the majority of the time. That's why this game is very important, regardless of the scoreline. That's why it's important.
2: Well. I mean, and you say that, that off the pitch, things are good. And like, as you say, there are owners here that are really committed to making Villa into a, or, or restoring them to their place as a big team. You know, that is, of course, that, you know, that is in many ways the most important, most valuable thing you can have. Equally, you know, this week we've seen Paul McGrath, Probably Villa's greatest ever player. Please disagree with me if you think I'm wrong. So no, right uh, he's
1: he's definitely he's he's the greatest okay. center back we've ever had. And people we call him God. So that's yeah. all that you need to know.
2: La- lambasting, or you know, very critical of the decision to drop Tyrone Mings. I think that feels like a a headache that is not gonna go away. By all accounts, sort of I think when Stephen Gerrard says, look me in the eye, that's something he says a lot. I remember even sitting in a, a press, a couple of press conferences with him last season and he'd use used that phrase. So I think. That maybe got a bit overblown. But it feels like there are a lot of there are a lot of things that need to improve quite quickly if filler mm. are to become the football team on the pitch that Correct. they aspire to be off the pitch. Correct. And so therefore, I don't worry about Gerard because I think he's a really good manager and I trust him to get it. But I think in terms of squad building, like you were saying, he's been he's been dealt a tough hand. Having said all that, you know, pure talent on the pitch this uh, this weekend, like, there are a fair few people if you rolled out Villa's second team, you know, I'd rather have some of those players than... Uh, Damn
1: right. This is and, a very good squad. Yeah, He's
2: got options. I mean, I, for one, I, I've seen enough of Danny Ings over the last year to say that maybe Villa just bought him too late. Let's bring in, you know, let's well, see what... The thing is, that, But he he
1: <laughs> he gave us the most productivity last season, which maybe says a lot more about uh, Watkins's lack of productivity mm-hmm. last season, but that is a good point. Cam March is a third striker. All right. Des Norris wants us to keep going. Listen, you're the one that brought this game into our time frame, Des Norris, all right? but give me your prediction for this game. Villa, Everton, Frank Lampard needing a win, Steven Gerrard definitely needing a win. What do you have?
2: 2-0 uh, to Villa.
1: Love it. I'll stick in with that as well. Well done. Thank you so much. Let's move on, everybody. Let's talk about the rest of the Premier League fixtures. Des, show them up on the screen, please. Some quick fire thoughts on the following uh, James Bench. Uh, Good ones. I think, okay, I'm going to read them. You just tell me where you want to go. Okay, Arsenal, Leicester, Brentford, Manchester United, Brighton, Newcastle. That's my pick, by the way. Man City, Bournemouth, Liverpool, Palace. Where do you want to go?
2: I mean, I'd have to go. I mean, as I am actually going to that one as well, I'll go Arsenal-Leicester. I mean, for me, a lot of focus on William Saliba. Well, he have got two fantastic young centre-backs that we have questions over their long-term future. Fafana at one end, expecting him to start amid that interest from Chelsea. And then Saliba at the other. He's coming up now against Arsenal's bet noir of Premier League strikers in Jamie Vardy, someone that can really test him in a very different way to how Palace did. Can he live up to that? You know, I mean, I, he... he Ben White, Gabriel, Zinchenko, tierney it looks like a solid defence on paper. But Leicester, for some, and Vardy in particular, they're really going to test that. So that's one I really like the look of and um, intrigued to see if Arsenal can get two good wins early on against the sort of teams that are tough, you know, Palace and, and Leicester. But, but if you want to be top four, you need to be regularly taking six points from these, these sorts of games. So I'm intrigued yeah. by that one. and looking give, forward me, to it.
1: give me Gabriel Jesus' hat-trick, please. Uh, <laughs> Emirates Stadium should be rocking on that one. Very, very quick. What happens if Manchester United lose this game against Brentford?
2: <sighs> Christian Eriksen asks for a transfer back to Brentford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I can't imagine who they'd go to sign. He gets well. on
1: the bus. He gets on the wrong bus by mistake after the game. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> oh, I, abs- I absolutely see all sorts of reasons why they could i know i know Every. I, we should say lissandro martinez had the best headers one percentage of any center back in the era. yeah i'm getting tired season.
1: of this uh but my, my criticism but, and i'm not i'm not a tall man and i'm not a short man i'm right i'm right there in the middle but i'm getting very tired of these jokes the poor kid man leave him alone well, I but this
2: isn't but obviously there are the, there's the jokes but also there's the very simple fact that Yes, he, he might headers. have won lots of headers. He's yeah. about to come up against Ivan Tony. And this is more one of <laughs> yeah. these ones where we can actually understand how much of an issue his his stature is going to be.
0: Yeah. I
2: mean, you know, I was thinking as well, did you see Kiefer Moore at the week? I mean, well, of course you did.
1: Yeah, you know, I did, unfortunately. An absolute beast. <laughs> that, t- that team, by the way, is, ab- is, is like, uh, what, well, the Dothraki is just coming at you. It's absolutely <laughs> insane. All right. Very quickly, my pick was Brighton, Newcastle. Just, I just love Brighton and Graham Potter and Eddie Howe is a very good manager. It's good to see two young English managers going up against each other. Man City against Bournemouth. I guess we'll see a City win there. Erling Haaland, though, over or under, you get a brace, a hat trick. What do you think?
2: <sighs> yeah, hat trick. Why not? Yeah, I, why I mean, not? I Bournemouth's Bournemouth still right? putting this defense together, aren't they? I think they had Lerma at right, right centre back, so. um yeah, this could I be... I mean, we time. had like
1: 66% possession against Bournemouth, couldn't do anything. I'm sure City will take care of that. Liverpool should be Palace. Before we take a break, James, anything else from those games that you want to discuss uh, Premier League-wise?
2: Um, just signed a new contract. So, Harvey Elliott, one to keep an eye on. I thought... Everyone obviously talked about Darwin Nunez when he came on, because obviously. But, like, watch Harvey Elliott. He, yeah, he's he brings good. something that no one else in that midfield does. It's more, he's more of a 10 but he will get in the box. He will take shots. He will do things that Liverpool midfielders don't usually do. Uh, and if he starts and if he crashes the box, I think that's the sort of thing that, that gay and um, Anderson such good centre backs, but they'll struggle if there's another player run, making late runs into the box. So Harvey Elliott and possibly a bowl to him for the world cup as well. Wouldn't sure. Yeah.
1: Good call. Good call, my friend. Good call. All right, everybody, we're going to take a break when we come back. Some city, a chat, some uh, chat from Spain, La Liga, Final thoughts, and that will be it. James, Ben, Jeremy, our weekend preview. We'll be right back.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com recommend today.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Kevulazo, James Bench, LME. By the way, Paramount Plus is the only place to stream every minute of every Cedia app match in the U.S. And you can quickly and easily sign up for your very own account right now with a free one-month trial by going to ParamountPlus.com forward Italy. Just click the try free button and use promo code Italy for instant access to the best Italian club soccer available across all of your devices. Visit paramountplus.com forward slash Italy and start streaming today. James Bench, Serie A is back, baby. How excited are you? Oh,
2: I cannot wait. Possibly. I mean, maybe La Liga would. Or I mean, it's certainly the only league in Europe right now where we might have more than two teams competing for the title. Yeah, that's what Jimmy least.
1: said. He said Serie A was number one, and it's a good point. Right. Keep going, my friend.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a great, great role of fixtures. I know that will obviously be a lot of eyes on the defending champions, AC Milan. How cool is it to say defending champions, AC Milan? It's like I back know, in right? the early noughties. Um, for me as well, like I've spent, I mean, as. As everyone knows, because I was, I'm always unavailable and spend a lot of time in Italy. I would love to get down to Puglia. Oh, that's stage. right, James. Mate, you just came from Italy, so you're just. Feeling I just came that from Italy. Amalfi. Yeah, I was a little, little few hours in Naples on my way to the Amalfi Coast, um, and do obviously have a soft spot for for Napoli. But in particular, Lecce are going to be my team this year, newly promoted pretty much the hard what are the hardest tests you could wish for at the start of the season Who hosting um hosting Inter Milan but oh I think boy. that's going to be I'm, I'm really
1: everybody's pick by the way we did our uh and everybody make sure that you uh for more Serie A content make sure that you go to our preview Michael LaHood and Dre Cordero absolutely brought it and uh you know some great stuff there but James we gave our predictions for uh you know, who would win this? All of us at Inter Milan. How, do you, how are you feeling?
2: It was everyone's view kind of that Lukaku is going to come back and score all goals.
1: It's uh, It was part of the conversation, but a lot of it was also Joaquin Correa is there as well. And I think Inzaghi knows the team a little bit better. They look more balanced on paper. That eleven is very yeah. good. So they've, done, they've made some smart acquisitions. And also I think AC Milan, you know, tremendous stuff. But I think maybe the added... Scheduling headache of Champions League responsibilities might, you know, get in the way a little bit, but we think Inter Milan's squad, Juventus arguably could be up there too, but Inter Milan's squad coming into this season is very, very sexy, and I think that's what ultimately we give. Them.
2: But I had this little feeling that, yeah, Lukaku, <laughs> it's
1: gonna bomb. It just
2: it might bomb. He might uh-huh. bomb. Uh, that's, and I know on. I don't have like much to base this on beyond. You know what happens when like the player leaves and comes back every every time. You know whether it's a Griezmann,
0: yeah. whether
2: it's you know so many players. How can I not think of another one? But everyone everyone listening to this will have about half a dozen. They'll names give you
1: a bunch of names. Pop names. into
2: their. I can't think of one. Head. Go on. No, I can't. That's what no, I'm you saying. I'm, a, I'm also you you blanking out as um, well. No, no, no. Stole Campbell at, at Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, come up with. The, I mean, like you know, I don't. I don't think you should ever really go. But as Lukaku himself by going back to Chelsea. I don't think you should really go back. And again, this is all just conjecture because he's perfect for Celia. and he, you know, he's striking up the same old partnerships with Lautaro. But I don't see it quite working out, and it's just, you know, it's this dreadful punditry. Oh, it's a feeling I get in my waters. Um, whereas I think Milan are a young squad; they'll get better. Um, and then I don't know. I, we, I, I spent all of last season preaching the demise of, of Jose Mourinho. But he's recruited really well. I mean, we all have... have him
1: in the top four, my friend. That squad looks sexy. Gini Wijnaldum, of course, is there. Tammy Abraham's going to get much better. Although, I mean,
2: I... Dybala and Abraham, I, I might argue, is like as good a strike pairing as any in Europe. Yeah. You know, that is It's Son Kane levels. It's sexy. It's
1: absolutely so, sexy.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to pick them to win the title, but I feel like Roma will be in the title race. Yeah. No,
1: we have our top four was Inter Milan, uh, I think uh, Juventus is actually going to climb up a little bit higher. What? what is Come on. It? they, Di they, Maria is going to be an absolute 70, force. isn't this. he? <laughs> he can still do it. He's El Fideo, man. He's a 70 year old noodle. It's still tasty. All right. Um, and then, but we all had Roma in the Champions League. That's your own sentiment as well? You think they're going to make it tough? Yeah.
2: I, I'm going to go for a like, I might as well do the whole thing. So i go yeah. Milan. Yep. Yeah. Roma, into okay. I probably would then go Juve just because it seems like Napoli have taken a little bit of a step back. Um, I mean, Lazio look quite good as well, don't they, in terms of where yeah. they're at? But yeah, I, I think that I think that there is a clear top three, and I don't think Juventus are in it. But um, I Jose Mourinho's Roma,
1: eh? so they have him in the, You have him as a runner-up. We will have to wait. And see, Des, let's throw all those fi- uh, fixtures on the screen. Screen on the screen, please. I can't talk today. My God, uh, some quick fire thoughts. Then, uh, well, we've already talked about it. Milan Udinese, Lecce, Inter. Uh, anywhere else you want to go, my friend? By the way, Monza is also uh, back. That's uh, Barlusconi. Yeah, that's J- the one I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. I mean, talk to me.
2: Intriguing, intriguing squad building that they're doing down uh, in Monza, isn't it? You know, I mean, I've just seen someone like Pablo Mari join up. Obviously, we have uh, Silvio Berlusconi uh, back in Serie A, which is—I don't know what the most political way to describe the return of Silvio Berlusconi is pretty Well, the neutral
1: players. way is amazing. I can't, like, it's ridiculous that he's back. I love It's it. drama.
2: <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I mean, not just, you know, obviously, Mari is the, the latest one they brought in, but Stefano Sensi, who was the future of Italian midfielders a while ago, Matteo piscina as well, mm-hmm. you know. There are some there are some good players in that Monzo squad. But, um yeah, I, I so that will be one to, it'll certainly be one to keep an eye out on, on won't it? Um, other than that as well. I know Sassuolo have lost Scamacca, but, you know, having the likes of Berardi, they'll, they'll be a test for anyone. And I think that they're a yeah, well-managed uh, team as well, Juve I think, good. Juventus.
1: That's right. Cremonese, by the way, is the other promoted team everybody uh, facing. Fiorentina, who are on Dre Cordero, is a little bit worried about them heading into this season. Just losing a few key players might just be too much. But make sure that you check out that preview, everybody, on Que lasso with Dre. And Mike Lahood. And don't forget, by the way, Milano Denesi is on Paramount Plus and CBS Sports Network. Make sure to check it out. All right, let's go from Italy to Spain, James Mensch, to wrap things up. By the way, Barcelona, Rayo Vallecano. I'm gonna be there. They might need me to nice. play if they can't register everybody. I might I might go up there and do my thing, James Mensch. But Barcelona gets Rayo Vallecano. By the way, I played football, I played pickup with our good friend Sam Marsden from ESPN, who's been all over some great storylines here. I, I can't
2: believe he had time to play football.
1: I know. Well, he was telling me that in the morning here, and I agree because I've already been here for a bit, nothing happens until like 11. Like at 11 a.m. everybody's like, all right, we might as well get going with the day. And that's exactly what's happened. So he's got a little time, James. It's not like <laughs> the hustle and bustle that you're
2: used to. Not, not, well, not, I, uh, I was there for Primavera earlier in, the, uh, earlier in the summer. Right. And no one turns up till like 9 p.m. Nobody, everybody, I don't
1: know what they're doing. Nobody cares. And by the way, I don't want to belittle Sam Morrison's hard work because he works hard. I'm not saying that he doesn't start till 11 a.m. I'm just saying that we started playing. Anyway, he has been all over this and so our around people as well, of course, but Frank, you see, uh, Christensen, they could leave on freeze due to player registration issues. And also Lewandowski, Rafinha, kunde they they're still not registered either. I forgot about Jules Kunde, by the way. And same goes for Dembele. And Sergio Roberto Renewals, kind of insane.
2: Because well, I kind of thought that when Barcelona signed Kunde, they'd forgotten about Christensen, who <laughs> is starting a lot in preseason. But I'm like, why do you need these? Pla- like, I mean, I've written about this, we've spoken about this on the podcast, but it's still kind of, it does require just repeating over and over again that Barcelona have sold off large amounts of the family silver. They have. Frittered away broadcast income at a time when we only expect it to grow when it is surely the growth market, especially in, you know, La Liga. And they've done that to sign a load of players that they can't actually play. And look, you know, we're talking now just before midday Eastern on um, Thursday. So there is a lot of time. And I'm, I I would suspect by the time the game rolls around that that most, if not all of these new signings will, will get registered. But it's just stupid. It is a baffling way to run a football club. Um, you know, we see now the, the outcome of this with Frankie de Jong being booed for having the temerity to turn up at work as he is contracted to do and receive his full salary that Barcelona have committed to playing, paying him.
1: Yeah, and I, will, I would love all these fans that are like yelling outside the stadium. How would you like it going to your job? And your job tells you, by the way, uh, we want you to leave for no apparent reason. Yeah, uh, because we found some illegalities in your contract, by the way.
2: Well, uh,
1: debatable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm with you 100%. By the way, it's worth noting as well that La Liga has some of the strictest financial play Uh, regulations as well so Real Betis as well they were just you know having Mm -hmm. a little bit of issues in registering players I believe that Atletico Madrid literally just registered Antoine Griezmann once again so you know it it, it is a league thing but the way that Barcelona are doing it and to your point selling off so much of their brand and value for immediate need with future repercussions is a a big thing And,
2: and I think one of the things that's really intriguing me and I I mean, again, we're not talking about... I think we're not talking about the game against Raya Vallecano because, let's be realistic, if they can get all these players in the squad and on the pitch... Oh, it's over, yeah. I mean, and they are possibly, like, if, they, if it comes together quickly, they're La Liga favourites. I mean, certainly, they're a serious contender again, as opposed to what would have been if they just rolled back last season squad, the second best squad in Spain.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's just baffling. baffling. Yeah. Um, so all they'd have needed was, was Madrid to have an off year and they might have won the title with an average squad. Anyway, what I was going to say is one thing that intrigues me a lot is what damage this has done to the brand Barcelona. I think you need to go back less than 10 years to find a time when everyone across europe or so many people across europe barcelona with their second team you know this was football elevated to the highest level people were queuing around the block to to get tickets to the camp nou to see xavi iniesta and of course messi and we've kind of gone from that to i mean i you know it's i know it's twitter it's not representative of everything but you see people sort of wishing pretty dreadful repercussions you know bankruptcy on barcelona because they don't like the way that the club has acted yeah. And I think, you know, the the, the you know the Mesquean club, it, clearly that was fading even in the days of Messi and the the, the 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 glorious times. But you know, Joanne Laporta has has trashed any sense of, of Barcelona as a as a family club, a club that 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 does the right thing, sometimes to a fault, you know, sometimes overpaying players because they're part of the family. And now it's, you know, if if Frankie de Jong is a family member. Uh, he might want to consider getting himself legally emancipated. <laughs> it's, And I, I, I think this could be the the bit we don't talk about. We all talk about how in three or four years' time, Barcelona's revenue is going to be slashed because they're selling off a quarter of their broadcast rights, all those sorts of things. But actually, I do wonder if people will ever look at Barcelona with the same misty-eyed romanticism that I think they did kind of, and maybe not always correctly, but they kind of did for generations, you know, almost Floyd, forever. Team. Yeah. Yeah. There was something about Barcelona that I think is going to be really hard to get back. It's a
1: really, really good point. Really good point. The identity of this club is uh, shifting before our eyes and it's going to be intriguing to see whether that ever comes back or to your point gets even worse. But regardless, Barcelona are meant to play a game against Arrayo Rayo Vallecano, a Camp Nou. So we will see what happens there. And, uh, you know, Real Madrid fans are like, all this Barca talk. How about the actual champions? Well, rightly so, you know, as we're taping it the day after winning the Super Cup and then it didn't look like they skipped a beat, James Bench, Real Madrid looked very, very good. Carlo Ancelotti has added a few things. Of course, Choumeny, uh the French international, and, uh, you know, Camavinga is going to get better, of course. It's essentially the same squad with just a few little adjustments how highly do you rate this team heading oh, into the season?
2: Yeah, really highly. I mean, I think we all know that, that there was something unlikely about how they got to the European Super Cup final and European champions. But equally, you know, they're they're a really strong team. And one of the things I've liked that, that you know, the, the guys like, you know, the, the Spanish reporters have been talking about a lot and I'm intrigued by, it, is what... Carlo is doing with Eden Hazard and has been doing in preseason, working him as a false nine. I feel like, you know, I mean, for, for whatever flaws there may be in Ancelotti's management, there's not many of them. He is, he will work with players. He will work with what he's given. And, you know, he will not bomb Eden Hazard if he's fit. I don't, wouldn't imagine, will be part of the bomb squad. You know, he will be given his chances. And I'm intrigued as to, you know let's say that the burst is gone the uh, you know the ability to to beat two or three men off the wing is gone like can hazard do something a little bit different can he be not benzema cuz he's not going to get the shots up but can he kind of do the playmaking stuff that benzema mm. does um and let let benzema rest cuz obviously that's the issue in this in this squad they've got a whole the midfield of the future is ready to go the day that Casemiro and Cruz and Modric handed in their badges and handed in their guns, but uh, and you know same in defence. But if if Hazard could just be the the stopgap, the guy that lets Benzema rest, that could be quite a fun little thing to keep an eye out for, as we kind of wait for the Champions League to get up and running. Will we see Hazard get some minutes as a false nine?
1: Yeah, good point. Good point. It would be fun. Also, Rodriguez' ascendancy, how well yeah. he can do as well. And, you know, I failed to mention, apologies, Antonio Rudiger should be adding a, a much needed support there at the back. Fantastic stuff. So they're facing Almería, uh, even though they're away. No doubt. I feel it's a Real Madrid win. Some notes as well. Americans in Spain, Yunus Musa, Luca de la Torre, Serginio Dest, Conrad de la Fuente, any notes there from the Americans in Spain i mean it's good to see some more american representation in la liga conrad is not confirmed but the reports are that he could be on his way back to spain uh what do you make of it i mean i'm a big fan of Yunus musa yeah
2: he he's the one the one for me that i really like the look of proper dynamic midfielder and i think there's obviously a, for him there's a spot at the world cup in the 11 available if he can if he can carve that out Working with um, Gennaro Gattuso should certainly add some some qualities to his game, some midfield qualities. Yeah, i, I forgot I'm looking about forward that. to seeing how he gets on.
1: Yeah, it should be great. And of course, uh, Ronaldo Fenomenos, Valladolid as well, is back in La Liga. So that should be exciting and that's the team that uh, reports are saying maybe connor de la fuente goes to all right well you know that was it uh, everybody thank you so much some final thoughts james Bench? you can even go bundesliga liga go anywhere you want yes yeah, i, uh, I, I
2: saw ahead. those i saw those two leagues in our uh, agenda or whatever you want to call it and i god like christ find something to say about these two <laughs> i got nothing
1: Bayern Munich will just uh, keep on going, I know. I'm sure our friend Ian Poggio will get mad, but we can get him back in to discuss some more Bundesliga as well. And Liga, don't worry, JJ. When you come back from vacation, you can talk all the league. We'll up. just you smile
2: are. and nod while he's chatting <laughs>
1: <along>. <laughs> That's literally what I do. So, you know, regardless of what happens. But thank you, everybody. James Bench, make sure to follow him at James Bench and his content on CBS Sports, CBS Sports website, of course, HQ. Thanks so much for listening to Kegolaso, by the way. Take a minute to leave us a rating and review if you would be so kind on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Apple Pods, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast. We're also available as video, as you may know if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Help us get to 20,000 subscribers. We do this just for you. Free episodes all the time. We can preview, we can recap. We'll be back on Sunday night. I'm not going to be part of it but the boys will take care of it for you. Have a fantastic weekend. James Bench, thank you, buddy. Peace out. Peace out, everybody. Have a fantastic weekend. See you next time. Till then. Bye-bye.
0: CBS Sunday, after The Equalizer.